Hello, and welcome to another Geek Explained Extra, this time Halloween edition. Uh, this is an episode, just a brief little uh, extra podcast episode for Halloween to celebrate the Halloween season and uh, to also be part of a series that good friends of the podcast, Matt Draper, and many, many other others from the uh, comic book YouTuber community are putting together called One Horrifying Moment. Uh, this is basically taking a moment from anywhere across pop culture, whether it be uh, comics, whether it be uh, video games, TV, movies, and basically talking about why it's um, a horrifying moment and why it really stuck with you. Um, The entire series is incredible. I'll be linking it in the uh, description for this uh, podcast episode. Go check that out. It's all over YouTube. As you know, this is a podcast, so it's not quite the same. Um, But I wanted to throw my hat in the ring because uh, there was really... As soon as I heard about this series that everybody was putting on and doing incredibly well at, uh, some of these videos, I mean, all of them are incredible, but some of them were just mind-blowing. I wanted to, you know, get in on the action. So I wanted to kind of talk about one horrifying moment, something that really stuck with me and something that I think um, stuck with a lot of people and something that when you talk about horrifying moments in pop culture and cinema and whatever um, it this is one of the things that immediately I think jumps to mind and that brings us to The Walking Dead uh, I know that a lot of people um, would probably agree that The Walking Dead has seen better days uh, there was believe it or not you know even though Walking Dead seems to kind of be taking a back seat nowadays though from what I hear the latest season is a big uh, turn in the right direction. I'm slowly catching up. I just finished up season nine, waiting for season 10 to drop on Netflix. But while I was catching up, I started, you know, kind of just glancing back at previous seasons. And once upon a time, believe it or not, Walking Dead was kind of ruling the world. There was a point where the world was watching every single thing, every single Sunday, it was Walking Dead Day. And during this kind of peak period, there was an episode that um, really stuck with me. There is an episode that as many times as I've gone back and rewatched, uh, different episodes, different storylines for this show, there's one episode that I have never gone back and watched until now. And that is season four, episode 14 entitled the Grove. Now, if you've watched this episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those who aren't super familiar with The Walking Dead, or they haven't watched it in a while, they kind of dropped off after a certain point. Let me just set the stage for you. Uh, Our Walking Dead crew, Rick, Carol, Daryl, everybody, uh, were holed up in the prison for a while. They had created it, uh, basically come into this derelict prison that was just overrun by walkers, cleared it all out, and set up like a little community. And that's when they ran afoul of the governor. And the governor's forces basically ran everyone out of the prison, scattered our heroes all over uh, the countryside. 
And so everyone is slowly during this period, this kind of halfway mark through season four, all the way up into the beginning of season five, are slowly making their way to this place called Terminus. And Terminus is, you know, promising across like radio broadcasts like hey come to terminus it's safe here anyone who is you know alone or needing shelter come here we'll take care of you and this episode specifically uh, focuses in on a small group of our survivors that being carol tyrese baby judith the uh the daughter of uh rick and his wife the second child i can't remember rick's wife's name oh my god it's been so long um and the uh young girls lizzie and mika um the group just like pretty much all the other survivors were separated from each other during the governor's attack on the prison and they are trying to make their way to terminus now what's really interesting about this um about this episode is this is kind of the culmination of a lot of different story threads that are going on in uh in this season so at the beginning of the season there was this like outbreak. There's this outbreak, this illness that was killing people and reanimating them. And during this time, after everyone had kind of like set up this uh, this community at the prison, Carol, who at this point was starting to kind of um, turn into this just badass utilitarian. Uh, combat tank character um, was teaching the kids under the guise of story time uh, how to use weapons she was basically teaching them like hey if you are going to survive in this world I need to teach you how to fight and so she would be in secret teaching kids how to use guns and knives and all this stuff so that they could protect themselves in case of an outbreak or an attack uh, during this time as well there was like I said before a uh, an outbreak of this illness that was killing people and reanimating them. And two of the originators, uh, Karen and I believe her boyfriend David, who were, I believe Karen was the daughter of Tyrese, were killed and burned in an alley um, somewhere in the prison. And that was a big mystery on like who killed these people. At the same time, they found that walkers were starting to... Um, uh, starting to congregate outside of the prison's walls because someone was feeding them. At the same time, people were finding like disemboweled animals and like small rabbits that were like chopped up. So there was something going on in the prison. And we kind of forgot about all that when the attack happened, when the governor and his forces attacked the prison, ran everybody out, scattered the survivors to the winds. Um, we That kind of became a backseat to the a plot of hey we got to get to terminus so that we can all link up again and this episode takes everything that we had learned throughout the fourth season and really puts it at a forefront let me tell you why uh, mika and lizzie really take center stage here they are sisters they're two little girls whose father was killed uh by the virus and lizzie and mika are, could not be more different from each other. Mika is very meek. Um, 
Boo, I know that was bad. Uh, she is very uh, reserved. She's very uh, logical and she's very empathetic. While Lizzie seems to be um, slowly losing grips with reality. Uh, she starts to talk about the walkers as like, eh, the, the, they're not dead. They're just different. We don't need to kill them. You know, they've got their own like lives and stuff, which is just like, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that you you could see a kid believing, but at the same time, Mika, her sister, is just like, no, like, what are you talking about? And Lizzie has started to show some kind of like um, some kind of like mental issues, like she's starting to lose her grip on reality, and. As they are making their way, uh, basically following these train tracks to try to get to Terminus, they come upon this walker who is pinned underneath the uh, the train tracks. And while Tyrese goes to kill the walker, Lizzie stops him and says, I know that sometimes we have to kill them, but sometimes we don't. And this was this is a turning point for the episode because Tyrese on Lizzie's... Um, after Lizzie's like pleading with him, decides to let this walker live. The group comes upon this house in the middle of this pecan grove, or pecan, however you want to pronounce it. And there they finally find the first semblance of shelter since they escaped the prison. And as, you know, the day or two goes on, they kind of start to settle into this house you know they're making their way they killed you know the walkers that are inside um they start to you know fortify the house fortify the yard and it becomes this you know underlying idea that maybe we could stay here you know this is this place is safe it is defendable um it's off the beaten path so not a lot of people are going to come looking here and you know having carol tyrese lizzie um mika and judith together they're like their own little family unit which all of them were kind of missing carol had not just this huge hugely abusive husband, but also this daughter named Sophie at the beginning of the series. You know, when we run into Tyrese, he's got his girlfriend or his wife, I think, as well as uh, his daughter. And Lizzie and Mika both had their dad. And throughout all of this, and of course, Judith had her mom as well. But uh, throughout all of this, throughout, you know, the past four seasons all of them all of their family units have died and they're kind of what's left they're the remnants of their uh former families and so they all kind of start to settle into these familial roles you know tyrese and carol are out hunting um lizzie and mika are kind of taking care of the house and taking care of judith and um uh, Carol and Tyrese start to talk about, you know, maybe we could stay here. Maybe things are, you know, well enough that we can just stay here. We don't have to go back out there into the unknown and we can stay here and make a life here. There is this underlying threat during all of this, though, that Lizzie is starting to, you know, lose more of her grip on reality. Uh, there's a scene where she is playing outside the yard with a walker. This walker is trying to eat her, and she's playing with it like she's playing tag. Carol goes out and she, like, stabs it in the head and kills it, and Lizzie has this freak out. She has this just panic attack where she's, like, screaming at Carol, like, you killed it, you killed it, how would you feel if I killed you? Because she looks at these walkers as just people who are different. And... 
she is starting to um, question whether or not, you know, these walkers aren't still alive and don't f- and whether or not they they feel or they w- have wants goals and all this stuff um mika at one point catches lizzie back at the train tracks where that walker was pinned under the tracks like feeding it rats and mika has to tell her like what are you doing like the walkers are dead walkers are dead you are alive we have to stay away from these things and um, there's a point where the two of them are chased by this pack of walkers. Uh, Tyrese and Carol find them. They're able to wipe them all out. And Carol has had this conversation with Mika throughout this episode, and really throughout the season, where she is telling Mika, like, you have to get better. You have to get stronger or you're going to die out here. And Mika's like, I will kill walkers all the live long day, but I don't want to kill people. And she has this very, like, mature conversation with Carol where she's like, you know, I don't hate the people who try to kill me. I feel bad for them because... I'm pretty sure they weren't that way beforehand. And Mika is showing, you know, incredible emotional maturity, while at the same time, Lizzie is leaning harder and harder on Carol. You know, it's at a certain point in the season, she calls Carol mom, and Carol has become incredibly attached to Lizzie. And that night, you know, she's telling Lizzie, you know, we have to do things to survive. We have to do, you know, whatever we can. And Lizzie says to her these ominous words where she says, I know what I have to do. The next day, um, Tyrese and Carol are out hunting and they come back and they find Lizzie standing in the yard with a bloody knife and the body of her sister at her feet. Um, I remember watching this and being horrified. I knew that there was, you know, kind of a screw loose or something within Lizzie, but I didn't think she would go to this length. And as Carol and Tyrese approach, Lizzie is just unfazed. She's like, don't worry, she's coming right back. Like, it's fine. Like, she's just going to come back different. Like, we could still be a family. Everything's okay. And there's this brief moment, if you, like, aren't looking for it, you might miss it, where um, Carol's like, I'm going to take Judith out of here. And Lizzie's like, no, 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 I was just about to like, and she's cut off. But, you know, it's implied that Lizzie was going to do the same thing to Judith and she was going to stab Judith to death. Um, Lizzie has lost all, you know, connection with the world around her. And she believes that even though she killed her sister, stabbed her to death, she's fine because she will just come back as a walker and they'll, you know, continue, be able to continue on like normal. And it is horrifying. It is terrifying. I was, I remember watching this. I remember exactly how I felt uh, the first time I was watching this. I felt sick Um, because this was, you know, one of those things where the show at that point was still subverting expectations. Up till this point in the series, every child character was either an innocent or they were killed and turned into a walker. There was no crossover there. And this was the first time that we had seen a child kill another person. Um, as, you know, Carol is able to convince Lizzie to, you know, take the gun away from her and take her and Judith back to the house, uh, Carol breaks down because in that moment she realizes what she's done. She empowered 
uh, Lizzie in the same way that she had been empowered by the survivors group to get stronger and to make the hard decisions. Carol has made a lot of hard decisions during this show, and she has, um, uh, she has, without meaning to, empowered Lizzie to make certain hard decisions that are incredibly misguided. And once again, Lizzie has no, you know, concept of what she's done because she believes her sister is fine. And even though Carol is, you know, forced to stab Meek in the head, bury her body, um, Lizzie just continues on like normal. She's like, okay, we're just gonna, we're, we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait for her to turn. We're gonna wait for her to come back. And then, you know, you all are, are gonna see that they're not, they're not, you know, trying to kill us. They're just different. They're just weird, like me. And it is this terrifying moment in, uh, in the scene following this with Carol and Tyrese in the kitchen. Uh, where they are trying to discuss what to do here. Uh, they don't know if they can they can't stay here with uh, Lizzie and Judith under the same roof because Lizzie might kill Judith. Um, so they talk about maybe we could leave, maybe we could you know um, take Judith somewhere, take Lizzie somewhere. And ultimately they decide to um, they decide to deal with Lizzie. And the scene that I have kind of brought us up to is the horrifying moment. It's horrifying enough that, you know, Lizzie has lost her grip on reality. She killed her sister, doesn't realize what she's done. But the one horrifying moment is when Carol takes Lizzie out to the yard. Um, previously Lizzie had a freak out and Mika was like, Hey, you know, it's okay. We know what to do here. We look at the flowers and we count, um, kind of implying that Lizzie has had problems for a while, but Carol is taking Lizzie out to pick flowers and Lizzie picks up on that. Carol is upset. And for some reason, um, Lizzie believes that Carol is upset with her, not for killing Mika, but for pointing a gun at her. Because when Carol and Tyrese first, you know, try to take the knife away from her, she pulls out her gun and points it at them. And is like, no, you, we are going to wait until she turns, until she changes, and then you'll see that I was right and that they are not trying to hurt us. Um, and she, you know, has this crying fit. She's sobbing. She's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to point the gun at you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she walks over to these flowers and Carol, who has suffered so much throughout the, from the very first episode with this abusive, you know, piece of garbage husband to losing her daughter who ends up getting turned, um, all the way up to this point, she's lost friends. She's had to kill people. She is standing at a grove with this girl who could not possibly live with human beings. There's no ending where, you know, they bring Lizzie back into a community and she doesn't end up killing more people. And so Carol has to make a choice. Um, Lizzie is crying. She is just distraught over the fact that Carol might be upset with her because they have created such a bond over this series or over this season. And Carol, you know, just tells Lizzie, you know, just keep looking at the flowers, just look at the flowers. And she pulls out her pistol 
And there was a moment watching it this last time that I was reminded of this story called Of Mice and Men. You might have heard of it. It's a classic. Uh, very cliff notes. Uh, these two these two guys are basically, you know, trying to make ends meet. One is kind of a, um, a shyster, and he has this dim-witted buddy who uh, is very large and uh, too strong for his own good. And while they get... You know, they start working at a farm, they get in a disagreement with the um, with the owner of that farm, uh, the large man who is basically, you know, has the mind of a child, ends up killing someone. And they run away, and uh, his friend reaches him and basically realizes that his friend just is not able to, um, he won't be able to live in this world very long, and to let him just live out his life and possibly, you know, hurt more people or get hurt himself is not a choice that he wants to make. So he takes him to a riverbed and he sh puts him out of his misery. He shoots him, you know, in, in an effort to, I guess, save him. And I'm using quotations here. And it was this moment where she's like, and I didn't make the con connection before, but um, she's standing there with, you know, Lizzie crying at this grove and she keeps telling her, you know, just look at the flowers, just look at the flowers. Tyrese is looking on from the window inside of the house and she shoots her in the head. And there is a moment where, um, you just see everything. You just see kind of the light fade out of Carol's eyes after she shot her, after she shoots Lizzie in the head. Um, you know, People could call it like a mercy killing. They could say that, you know, it was prevent, it was a preventative measure, but you know, it was killing a child. Um, Carol had never thought about the possibility of that. Um, during the little interim between Lizzie killing Mika and Carol killing Lizzie, uh, Lizzie reveals to Tyrese that I was the one feeding the walkers. I was the one chopping up and dissecting the animals. You know, showing a very, like, serial killer-esque um, psychosis. And there is just all of these emotions that are coming through, but the prevailing motion... Uh, the prevailing emotion for me is sorrow and loss because there was this precedent that we had kind of set up during the run of this show that children are the future even though our future looks bleak. And this was the very first moment where they realize, at least Carol and Tyrese realize, that the future is bleaker than they could have imagined because there is no innocence in this world anymore. There is no, um, there is no escaping the darkness that has seeped into the world and into the lives of all of these survivors. And as Carol kind of goes back to Tyrese, she reveals to him that she killed Karen and David to prevent the spread of this, sickness and Tyrese you know there's it's incredible acting I just I can't tell you enough how well acted this episode is Tyrese is gripping the table he is just enraged but he says I forgive you it is going to sit with you like it does with me and as 
um, Carol and Tyrese bundle up the baby, baby Judith, and they decide to make their way on to Terminus. There is this feeling of loss. There is this feeling of um, no that that there's no going back to this idea of like oh we can make a life here we can you know be like a normal you know family unit as they pass the graves that they've dug for lizzie and mika they realize that truly there is no going back to the world that they knew and that is truly one horrifying moment so that is my uh, inclusion for the One Horrifying Moment series. Uh, like I said, I'm going to put into the you know uh, podcast notes for this the link to that YouTube playlist. So many good videos. Matt did an incredible job wrangling all of these people uh, in the comic tube uh, community to make all these incredible videos go back go through that playlist. It's amazing. Some of my personal favorites, uh, of course, Matt's video, uh, the high top films, uh, video on Clayface from Batman, the animated series is just, it's perfection. Um, I also want to give a shout out to, um, I believe it's for every kind of geek, uh, who is a, uh, Good friend of the podcast, very good friend of the podcast, who puts out incredible work. His uh, his video on the opening um, opening of Bioshock, the first Bioshock, gave me the itch to start replaying that game again. So all of these videos are great. Uh, I'm sure if you like this podcast, you will like a lot of the um, the videos that are in this playlist. So once again, go check that out. Also, if you don't want to, you know, bother checking the podcast notes, or you just want to find out, you know, how do I find this on YouTube? I can just whip up my uh, YouTube app. Just go to YouTube, uh, search One Horrifying Moment. You will find the playlist. They're all incredible. Go check them out. It's a great way to spend your Halloween. And that does it for this Geek Explained Extra. Hope everyone is being safe. I hope you all have a safe and fun Halloween. But for now, for Geek Explained Podcast, this is Eric Azana. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, stay spooky, and we will see you next time. <laughs>